0: How's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and or Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you are doing well. It was a very interesting champion, conference championship weekend, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, as well as Bengals coaching news. Uh, our own, my co-host John Sheeran, is in Mobile, Alabama, talking. Uh, he's, he's covering the Senior Bowl. He will be calling in to the program. In just a little bit uh so we'll be anxious to hear from him and uh, we also might be joined by an old friend scott schultze we're not sure if he is definitively going to be joining us but he might be we'll see but uh he will be welcome on the program obviously so we've got a lot on tap we're also going to take your questions towards the end of the program as well and uh, try and get to those so um Shoot those at us in the live YouTube chat. You can text them to us, 949-542-6241. You can also use that same number towards the end of the show for calls. Um, and uh, But for now, let's just let's just start with texts <laughs> and go from there. And, uh, you know, email, all that stuff. You can hit us up. Uh, we're also on Twitter at O B I, so you can shoot us a question there. Um, We're also on cincyjungle.com, so you can um, shoot us a line in the comment thread there as well. And as always, as I mentioned, every week you can get this show on a number of different platforms, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Art19, uh, like I said, on cincyjungle.com and uh, YouTube as well. So we appreciate the support. There's a couple little... uh, I guess house cleaning items. I gotta, I gotta get to before we dive into everything. Um, first of all, we'll start with a little bit of bad news and an apology from me to all of you, both uh, live listeners and those uh, maybe who download the show after the fact. Last week, you heard me. Announced that we were going to be interviewing Mark Walton, the Bengals running back. Um, everything was set up to go up to uh, the day before that interview was to be scheduled, and uh, lo and behold, the representative who set up the interview had said that uh, Mark Walton was actually bailing on um, all all of his set interviews that specific day. Something had come up, and uh, I don't I don't know what, but it was obviously something personal or professional that came up and uh, he just was, was unable to do the interviews. We are trying to reschedule that. So for those of you who were looking forward to that and were expecting that on our feed, I apologize. Uh, Unfortunately, I just didn't come to be uh, even though we had it planned out. uh, Nobody's fault, really just, um, you know, kind of an unfortunate sequence of events, but we will be getting more people on the line. uh, Bengals players, You know, beat writers, all that kind of stuff. We're we're making it a priority to get more people on this show, more guests on this show, to bring you uh, you know a wide variety of content. But I apologize for that. Um, Regardless, I hope you enjoyed the Tyler Boyd interview a couple weeks ago. Um, and that is still on our feed, but, uh, we're going to try and get you more. And we are still trying to reschedule something with, with Mark Walton at, at some point down the road. We'll see, and I will be sure to let you know when that happens, but my apologies to the listeners out there for, um, you know, if they were expecting that and, and did not receive it. So, uh, John Sheeran's probably going to call us, call in in about 10 minutes. So, uh, before we get to all the sights and sounds it's of senior bowl, and there's, there's a lot. And uh, actually, kudos to, to my, my co-host there, John. He broke some news. And one of the n- bits of news he broke, uh, apparently his Twitter was on NFL Network throughout the day and all kinds of stuff. Um, John had asked a pretty poignant question to John Gruden, the Raiders head coach, basically trying to get a gauge on um, uh, Brian Callahan, the young the young man who was the uh quarterback's coach um and you know he was rumored to be a target potentially for offensive coordinator and as john and asked coach gruden that question gruden came out and said basically that he confirmed that brian callahan's going to be the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. now i don't know uh i i don't think that the Bengals are in any trouble for that because they didn't announce it but gruden did and uh so it appears that yet another young offensive mind an unproven one but an, a young offensive mind is going to be a major part of this staff going forward so um Callahan comes from the Raiders as the quarterback's coach. As, as I mentioned earlier, Um, he is, uh, I mean, his background, he's obviously the, the son of, uh, Bill Callahan, who also might be joining, uh, the Bengals in a similar capacity to where he's at with Washington, which is an offensive line coach. Um, he has, uh, nine years of coaching experience. Um, but, you know, it's mostly as a position coach, a quarterback's coach. Now, um, I believe that uh, uh, Derek Carr, when he had some of his best seasons, I believe that was kind of under the tutelage of Callahan there. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of been a little bit hit and miss. Some of that has to do with Carr. Some of that has to do with the train wreck and the fire sale that the Raiders engaged in this past offseason. But um, – He brings that fresh approach. Obviously, he's a guy who's going to be on the same page as Zach Taylor whenever whenever that uh, hire is going to be announced. Um, So that is a pretty interesting hire. I think, though it's a little – well, it's very risky, the fact that they're not bringing in uh, really a proven offensive coordinator, a a, a grizzled veteran, I guess, at that coaching spot, and they did the same – at head coach with Taylor, you have to be pretty excited that these guys are coming for coming from, you know, productive offenses for the most part. Um, and they're bringing a fresh approach to the offense, a much different approach, probably a pass happy approach, um, and and really modernizing the Bengals offense. And you have to be pretty pleased with that. And if you're Andy Dalton, um, considering some of the comments duke tobin made at the senior bowl this week that he's probably their guy again this year um you know i think i think you got to be pretty pleased with the direction of things and um you know i i think that uh this this points to a much different era of Bengals football than the one that preceded it it points to a hopefully a much more exciting brand of football, one with a lot of points, one with a lot of offense. um, And, and, you know, we'll see. There is a lot of risk involved because these are two young guys, two guys that are pretty inexperienced, but they are guys who bring a, a real innovative approach to the team and to the offense, and I think that that's why, that's that's why Taylor is handpicking this guy now. Daryl Bevel was a guy that uh, was kind of floating out there, rumored interest. Mike Sherman, father-in-law of Zach Taylor, is a guy that kind of might be out there as an offensive line coach, maybe even offensive coordinator, that sort of thing. That doesn't appear to be the case. Uh, there's even you know talk of his brother Press Taylor coming over from the Eagles. Um, you know, there's a lot of coaching vacancies to be filled, but as time seemingly creeps by, and the Rams now are in the Super Bowl, um, we get little bits of information coming uh, out about what the Bengals staff is going to look like, who is going to be part of, of Taylor's staff. And here's the thing, too, is you have to figure, Taylor probably came into the building in his interview and said, this, this is who I got. These are my guys. These are the list of guys I want hired for You know, these specific positions, we can hang on to a couple of of the coaches here. It appears that Alex Van Pelt will remain the quarterback's coach. He has not been mentioned as being replaced. Um, It appears a couple of the secondary coaches, uh, Livingston and and others, will be retained. Um, It it appears that Bob Bicknell, the receiver's coach, uh, might be retained as well. And then Darren Simmons on special teams, but there's still quarterbacks coach, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, uh, linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, tight ends coach. Um, you know these are all get, all positions that still need to be filled by the Bengals and by Zach Taylor, and and it's it's a little difficult right now uh, because I think most people really want, especially you know, when we're talking about the Senior Bowl. I think most people really want that Taylor hired to be announced and for the team to have, you know, the, the staff in place and all the guys down there to, you know, do the scouting and all of that. But, uh, you know, it it very well the, – their new coach is bringing Super Bowl experience, whether it's he – you know, his team ends up losing the Super Bowl or wins it. He is bringing immediate Super Bowl experience to – to the Cincinnati Bengals. And by the way, anyone who was thinking Eric B was going to be the higher by now, that would have been announced since the chiefs were eliminated. So you can get that out of your mind. Um, Zach Taylor is all, but officially the guy in case you were still in denial. Um, but you know, it's going to, it, we can't, the Bengals can't announce anything until after next Sunday. Uh, not this coming one, but the Sunday after. So, Uh, you know, it's going to be almost another two weeks as of this episode until the, the Taylor hire is official. Um, so, you know, that's, that's interesting. Apparently though, Brian Callahan is the offensive coordinator. Also a couple of interesting names on the defensive coordinator front. Uh, and this I like, um, not that I did, not that I didn't like the Brian Callahan thing, but I've said, a couple of times that I think that Taylor being a young guy and overhauling the staff, I think he, he could use a couple of veteran coaches on the staff to really lean on guys who maybe even have NFL head coaching experience. And apparently he is looking at a couple. John Fox is a guy he's looking at for a defensive coordinator position. Uh, and Jack Del Rio is another one. And both have proven to be very good defensive minds. They have even proven to be that way. Um, You know, as head coaches, Uh, Del Rio had a little bit of success with the Jaguars, and then had uh, you know a taste of success with the Raiders as well recently. I think I think both of those guys are are smart hires. Yeah, it's kind of going back to the Marvin mold. Yeah, Del Rio has Marvin ties, but I think bringing some tenacity, a different and well-respected name. A guy who's been an NFL head coach to the defensive coordinator position. I think that will resonate with a lot of guys, and uh, these are guys that know how to build a defense. So, um, you know, I, I think that either one of those would would be a home run hire. Um, I don't I don't know if, who I particularly lean towards. I guess a little bit Del Rio, but you know, John Fox has had a lot of success as well. A lot of people, unfortunately, you know, they, they remember some of the issues they had as head coaches. Um, even though Fox took, you know took the Broncos far and took the, the Panthers far, um, you know, a lot of people remember the the big losses and some of the other issues, but uh, those two guys have had s- some success in the league and um, I think they would be smart hires by by Zach Taylor uh, going forward. So that's kind of what we know so far on the coaching front. On the outside, Bill Callahan might be the offensive line coach should Brian Callahan be hired. That'd be an odd dynamic dad working under the sun, but, you know, it is what it is, and if that's what seems to be the best fit going forward, then that is that is what it is. So, um, you know, there's no real talk yet, of at least rumor-wise, of linebacker coach, running backs coach. A um, little bit of interesting news. Uh, we did see that uh, the... Um, some of these Bengals coaches who were reportedly let go um, have kind of been hanging out at the Senior Bowl with uh, some of the other coaches. So we'll see what's going on there. Uh, Vape guy who I believe is our good friend, John from Kentucky says it feels like 1980 again. Paul Brown running things, just hired Forrest Gregg and then in the Super Bowl two years later. Let's hope. Uh... Vignesh Arasu says Bengals just have to stay healthy next year big if um you know and that's another side topic of conversation it's going to be interesting to see what kind of sway Taylor has in the form of organizational practices now look a lot of the injuries this year I get were torn knee ligaments and pretty severe things that you know, you don't misdiagnose or anything like that, but this medical staff, even though it's been overhauled once or twice under Lewis, um, this medical staff has, has come under question before. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's fair that I think it's fair if Taylor comes in and, and questions a lot of practices, a lot of departments in, in the, uh, in the organization and um you know maybe it's that young if they're if they're really engaged in that young fresh approach an outside guy a guy who just came from a super bowl maybe he has more clout with ownership to say hey you know not enough scouts we gotta have more scouts hey we gotta have an indoor facility hey we, we gotta honor the past guys we gotta honor the legends of this team hey, let's look at the medical staff. Let's make sure everything's in check there. Um, so they gave Lewis some degree of power. It's going to be interesting to see if if that translates going forward. We are uh, talking on the Orange and Black Insider about a number of different coaching changes. And as I mentioned, I believe we have our co-host, uh, my co-host on the line, John Sheeran, who is in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl for SB Nation and CincyJungle.com. Uh, John, are you there? I am. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm, I'm great. How are you? Uh, well, hey, a couple of important questions before we get into anything. Number one, how's the food down there? Food is fantastic. It was great last
1: year. And we actually um, we met up with a, f- uh, a friend and a colleague who took us to a like 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 you could tell this place like only the locals knew it and it was like amazing barbecue and everything (laughs) and we and we were there with it with a browns guy a Smith if you know him on twitter and we were talking about like john dorsey and whatever and next thing you know john dorsey and pretty kitchen walks in and they like sit like right behind us and like (laughs) it, it was like the most
0: Yeah, absolutely. How's how, now? Are you? I know you're. You're hanging tight with Joe Goodberry. Are you guys rooming together? Did you say that last week? God,
1: I w- I, I wish I wasn't rooming with Joe because he's <laughs> the worst roommate ever. He's, so, he's, he's, he's snoring. He's loud as hell. Like, like he, he just caught the toilet like not ten minutes ago.
0: It, is that him in the background? Is that him in the background? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's his. Tell- it, 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 it's his obnoxious voice. Tell him. What's, tell him what's up.
1: Anthony says what's going on,
0: man. We gotta get we gotta get his Joe's butt on the show. T-A-T. We, we gotta get his butt on the show again. Tell him.
2: Yeah, I don't know when Joe's gonna come on the show. He ignored all my requests and he's like, nah, I'm too
1: big for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, he get that he got that Twitter blue check and now he's uh now he's Captain Big League. That's know? what I'm saying. You can't trust people who are verified. Well, Speaking of blue checks, you might be on your way next, my friend, because you broke some big news. And apparently, uh, I've been reading that your name was on NFL Network based on some some Brian Callahan news. We were just talking about that before uh, you came on the air here. Uh, quickly, kind of before we talk about some of the prospects and what you and, and others have seen down in Mobile, uh, your thoughts on Brian Callahan being the guy and – Basically John Gruden just coming forward and saying, Yeah, this by the way, he's now a Bengals coach.
2: Well,
1: I, I wanted I wanted to talk about, you know, what to expect from Callahan because I wanted to ask Gruden about what you thought about Callahan. He had no interest in saying anything about Brian Callahan's qualifications as an offensive coordinator. He just wanted to break the news that he would become the offensive coordinator, which was fine with me because that's how everybody knew now and I guess it was just lucky that he happened to do it, but To answer your question, like Callahan is almost as big as a, maybe even a bigger unknown as Zach Taylor is as as just a play caller and a designer of an offense because he just has experience as, you know, an offensive assistant under Adam Gase of the Broncos. He went to Denver to work with Matthew Stafford. He was Gruden's first quarterback coach with Oakland under Derek Carr. So he has, you know, a lot of inexperience in actually running and designing an offense. And I think it's fair to say that if, the Bengals bring in Bill Callahan, his Brian's dad from Washington. Maybe you know Bill becomes the pass game coordinator. Brian becomes excuse me, Brian becomes the pass game coordinator. Bill becomes the run game coordinator, and I guess maybe you know Zach Taylor calls the plays and, and runs his offense, kind of like what the Rams do with, with, with McVeigh and, and Shane Waldron and, and, and those guys. So I, I think Callahan is obviously a great unknown because he's got you know. Nine years of NFL coaching experience, but he obviously learned a lot with with, with Gates. He has a background in you know a zone scheme and working under that. So those are things that you can kind of assume will, will be coming to Cincinnati. But as far as you know, you know how he's going to run the offense, how he's going to structure it, how he's going to design it, how he's going to implement new players. That's, I think that's a great unknown, and I think that's you know is equally you know uncomfortable as it is exciting because it's it's, it's something brand new.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you got to think that, you know, both guys are younger guys. Both guys have the, the quarterback's coach background and, and whatnot. I mean, you got to figure that these guys are probably on the same page in terms of what they want to do, the, the the players they want to bring on, the roster, and how they want to use them. I mean, there's just like the Taylor hire, this is another big risk, big reward type of thing. Um, you know, I, I I was saying before he got on the phone, John, that, uh, this, it would seem that probably Taylor had, you know, a short list of options for a number of different coaching positions on the team when he went into interview. And this guy probably was up towards the top of the list, you would think. And, uh, you know, there's probably some good synergy there based on the age, the background, all that kind of stuff. And, I guess what what you have to be excited, like you said. I mean, he's worked with Stafford under some productive, statistically productive years. Carr, the same thing. Um, so, I mean, you got to like that, especially if you're Andy Dalton or maybe even a new guy coming in, right? Yeah, I think the most
3: important thing is that they might finally have some type
1: of identity on offense, because obviously Taylor would be comfortable with Brian because he is the son of his of his coach at Nebraska. So, I think they're going to come in with extremely similar offensive philosophies. And when you have, you know, not a lot of experience with play callers now running the offense, as long as you're on the same page and you have some type of identity that you can form with the players and then bring in the the same kind of players that you want to integrate and work with, I think that bodes well. And obviously when you're bringing in, you know, guys who aren't, you know, retreads, um, you know, former play callers and head coaches into these important roles then there's always going to be some type of risk. But that's kind of how innovation kind of starts. You know, you got, you got to find the diamonds in the rough in, in these kind of situations. And when you have now, I think, with, with Van Pelt, uh, Taylor, and Callahan, you're going to have three former co- quarterbacks coaches having you know major roles in an offense. And I think that bodes well with either, you know, getting the very last of Andy Dalton or bringing in a new guy. So I think, you know, looking at the positives here, there's a lot to take. And, and be excited about, and more importantly, I think
0: the cohesion with the new guys that are coming in is something that I think is being undervalued here, and could be very important. Yeah, and one of the last coaches they brought in with a uh, quarterback background, Sam Wyatt, he had he had a little bit of success with this team. Yeah, he was, so. he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit of success. So, speaking of quarterbacks, um, I've really enjoyed in the limited time I've had. Uh, to look at it. I really enjoyed following both you and Joe Goodberry on Twitter and, and you know, your interviews and all that stuff. Um, really a couple of guys that have uh, begun to stick out from what you guys have put out there recently. Um, I guess let's start with Drew Locke, the Missouri quarterback. Um, I, I, I didn't know too much about him. I started kind of watching some clips, and he's, he's a real – kind of excitable guy behind, behind the, uh, under center. He kind of runs around a lot, kind of ad libs, makes things happen. He takes some chances. Um, I was really impressed with, and granted small tidbits of sound bites, but I was really impressed with some of the audio I heard of him in his interviews. He seems to be a real personable guy, a real, um, a guy that people can gravitate to. Am I wrong about that? And is that translating at all on the practice field?
1: No, and if Joe could hear this question, he would tell you the same thing that I would. Um, Drew Locke is very personable. He's, he's very—he's not formulating at all. He takes you know, what, what, what is given to him, and I think that's a quality that's going to make some team fall in love with him. But as far as what he's shown on the practice field, I think he's shown similar negatives that you know is going to create some pause about him and and how he reacts to pressure in his face and and the inconsistent accuracy downfield and, and the lack of touch on deep throws. And those are obviously some concerns that you know. Need to be monitored, but I think in general he was in a similar position to a guy like Josh Allen last year. He also had a cannon for an arm and also had you know athleticism to make things happen. But Allen kind of ran with the opportunity with the senior bowl, and right now Drew Drew Locks kind of stumbling a little bit because we're seeing some, some of those issues that that popped up on tape. with you know, we're reacting to pressure from front of space and you know creating outside of structure and, and hitting guys you know downfield, and, and and some of those long throws are still popping up because you know these guys are talented on the outside, but. Uh, Locke is definitely, you know, on the surface, like, a guy that you'd be comfortable you know, leading your locker room and being the face of your franchise, but some of those like questions on, on tape and on the field, they still need to be very much ironed out, and I think he's going to have to need a Josh Allen-like performance at the Senior Bowl, because if you remember, Josh Allen lit up the Senior Bowl last year and kind of lit by his uh, stock in the first round, I think I think that's something that Locke needs to do if he wants to uh, keep his name in that conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, again, this is kind of a weird class and uh, one where it can get a little muddy behind maybe the top one or two guys. But we've seen in in recent years, we've seen quarterbacks just suddenly shoot up boards because teams always want to get that next young guy. So maybe he's one of those guys. The other guy I I started to kind of get warm on up to the senior bowl. And now it seems there's been kind of a little bit of eh, reviews of him is uh, Daniel Jones of Duke. Um, uh, You know, he doesn't seem to have quite the charisma as Locke, um, but he also, uh, I don't know. I mean, what what are you seeing from him in practices? And, and, uh, I mean, there's only really been one practice, I guess, that you've seen at this point. But um, what, what are your impressions of him?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he kind of hit the nail on the point with the first one. He's he's a little bit more like kind of Eli. He's kind of like monotone, and he, he kind of had like formulated like answers kind of written out. But um, yeah, I, I, I think he was well trained for this. And when when people started you know throwing some interesting questions, he didn't expect to respond well to it. But on the field, you know, Jones is a much better um, manager of a pocket, and he'll it, keep his eyes downfield and kind of evade pressure. But I think most of those concerns with him. In regards to just like the system that he played with Duke, when I mean, he was constantly pushing the ball down the field, and he, he would sometimes, you know, lack that, you know, necessary pocket presence to maybe, uh, you know, feel an edge rusher coming around the edge. And, you know, I, 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 th- I think also in a lot of quarterbacks, at least yesterday, they had a lot of balls die in a certain end of them because the wind was picking up. There was a storm coming in uh, from the west, and, you know, Jones had some inconsistent downfield accuracy, and he wasn't exactly driving the ball as well as. Even even some of those concerns are going to make you pause if you want to take this guy in the first round. And yeah, and he Norlock has the production that you know high quality quarterbacks have that you know from from a college career. So that's our that's already like a, a, a you know a dent in his armor. But um, I also think that he's going to need to have a great game to custom. Kind of good to see how they adjust and how they continue to go up, up until Saturday
0: when the game happens. Talking with John Sheeran, uh, usual co-host of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He is down in Mobile, Alabama, getting in all the sights and sounds. Uh, really cool experience, it sounds like, uh, and and obviously you're, you're picking up on uh, all the things that are going on down there. Before we get to a couple of other players that um, you know, Bengals fans, I guess, should be having on their radar, especially when it comes to the April draft class needs, all that kind of stuff. Um, There's been, it seems as if Duke Tobin has spoken, I think once, um, kind of some limited sound bites there. But have you interacted with any of the other staff members down there and or been hearing any other? Uh, rumors, reports, or anything that you can relay to us about either the coaching staff or direction of the team or anything?
1: Yeah, and when I was on the field uh, after the first practice on Tuesday, and I was looking around for, you know, you know, who was interviewing with who, you notice, like a, like, a bunch of different teams. Like, I think, like, the Redskins had, you know, at least, like, a dozen guys, like, talking to eat, like, 12 separate people at the same time, and... And he had every other team out there, and you didn't see any Bengals down there. And uh, like, like they're all sitting in, in like the stands, like together, you know, chatting. And, and, and this is when this is when me and Joe discovered that you know Kyle Kasky, John, uh, Jonathan Hayes, and um, uh, uh, Bill Laser were, were all just chilling around there. And you know, with reports of them being gone, it was like you know are they just just chilling? Or are, they just, are they just here to be here because they don't have anybody else on that staff? And you know, I I, I personally have not seen them talk to anybody. I think. You know, when they do this, pretty close to the vest and pretty close to the chest and, you know, not like to make this stuff kind of public. So I, I, I do think, yeah, Tobin, I think, talked with Jeff Hobson uh, yesterday and maybe Jim, Jim Morrison as well. I have not heard anything about who they've met because they're obviously very private when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But um, I I. I but I do think that they're focusing, yeah, definitely on, you know, guys, either edge rushers or linebackers who, who, who will provide speed. And I don't think that, you know, we, we, we can count them out of looking at quarterbacks. And I, and I think Van Pell was here because he's one of the actual coaches that, that is still on the team or is still with the staff. And, you know, you, you have to wonder if they're legitimately considering a guy like Drew Locke or maybe a Daniel Jones or maybe even a Walker because maybe, you know, Zach Taylor wants to bring in a system where you would like a quarterback that operates out of structure, even if he doesn't fit, you know, the, the, the traditional standards and thresholds of height and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, have been hearing and seeing, uh, some reports on, uh, some players out there in the form of, um, linebackers. I saw, that uh, Was it Coney, the, the Notre Dame linebacker? He's he's kind of been mm-hmm. talked about quite a bit. Um, and uh, is uh, the kid from LSU there as well? Um, no, no De- Devin White's a junior. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I, I, did, I wasn't seeing his name. But uh, I've been hearing Coney's name a lot and, and some others. Um, at linebacker, are there some uh, – uh, or, or edge rusher. I, I, you know, Montez Sweat is another guy I've heard about too. Um, over the past, you know, over the past couple of days, are there some guys kind of in those positions that you think should be on Bengals fans' radar as uh, this process ramps up, the combine, all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I think the two that stood out today and the tape that uh, the media were what was granted to access today um jermaine pratt out of north carolina state and drew tranquil out of notre dame mm. they both um you know switched on and off of a uh, middle linebacker or just you know just the linebacker spots when uh that they, they had the uh i believe it was i believe it was the north team playing the nickel defense i believe and yeah they, they looked really um they, 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 were, they looked really instinctive when, when they're going off a lot of outside runs and really scraping off the top of, you know, second-level blocking, looked natural, dropping back into coverage, but just in general looked instinctive and looked, like, you know, really responsive, clicking and closing towards, you know, open gaps and finding the ball carrying. I think that's obviously something that, you know, linebackers of the Bengals lack at this point, but out of all the linebackers that I've seen, I think those two have been the most impressive. I think there's a guy from New Mexico State that really popped out yesterday, but I didn't get... Uh, a great look on it i I, I know some people uh, thought highly of him from yesterday's practice but those those two Pratt and tranquil were the guys that stood out to me today
0: uh any any sleeper guys or guys that have been maybe uh role players on high profile teams that uh maybe have have caught your eye the uh the renfro kid from Clemson, I saw, you know, Dabo Sweeney talking about him uh, this week as well. You know, he's a guy that just, you know, kind of the uh, the slot guy, the guy that does kind of dirty work. You know, um, a guy that's really valuable in the NFL now in this landscape. And really, you know, Taylor, coming from the Rams, he uses a lot of guys like that. The Patriots use a lot of guys of that mold and just kind of move them around a lot. Um, so, I mean, are there other guys, you know, he's, a lot of people know his name because he was on Clemson, but he's not really necessarily a superstar college player, but maybe somebody like that or guys that you just hadn't really been exposed to that you're like, oh, wow, I gotta, I gotta take another look at this guy.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll I'll, I'll start on offense. I think there's, I think there's a couple of offensive linemen that will probably be getting more attention, um, by the end of this week and going into the combine at tackle, there's a guy, Titus Howard, he's an Alabama State alum. Um, I only saw a couple games of him entering this week so I mainly focused on watching off tackles. But he had a game against Auburn where he looked like he belonged in, in, against playing against Power 5 competition. And in the, in the two practices he's played so far, he's looked really good off the edge at right tackle and neutralizing some very talented edge rushers. Uh, in, inside, there's a guard of Nate Davis from Charlotte. Yeah. Obviously school there. Yeah, um, he, he kind of look. He, he's like six two or six three, and is got pretty short arms as well. But it, it, it honestly looks like his, his uh, rear end is touching the ground when he's in that stance, and no one has been able, been able to get under his pads. And he's placed mm. a lot of power and a lot of torque in his legs. Has been able to p- pile through some holes, and uh, I, I think he's going to be a guy to watch as well. And you, you mentioned Renfro, and he's kind of like the popular guy. There's also that. Andy Isabella, uh, um, you another short receiver, short wire receiver, but there's a guy, Penny Hart, who um, his his school is escaping me, but um, the the first couple plays I saw of him, I immediately thought of Andrew Hawkins. He's Mm -hmm. like 5'8", 180, but he's so quick and sudden out of his breaks and so natural movement, so efficient in his footwork where he doesn't have to chop his speed to enter in and out of his breaks, and he was making quarterbacks look silly from time to time, and it also looks like he has natural hands, so I, I think... Those are the smaller guys, the guys, or not the smaller guys, but the, the, the lesser known guys that aren't going to be the headliners, but are going to take away with a lot of you know, positive momentum uh, coming out of this week.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks for the report, John. I'm going to let you get back at it have a have a couple of cocktails or whatever it is you're going to do tonight, <laughs> and uh, hopefully you have one for me. But if not, maybe tomorrow night. And uh, tell Goodberry to go buy a plunger for your room and. Uh, Get, it, get tell him to get on the show sometime. What was, what was that, Joe? He says he misses you. I uh, lied about that. All point. right, I miss you too, Joe. We got we got to get him on the show, man. <laughs> talk him into it. Thanks, thanks for everything, John. You, you're you're killing it, buddy. Uh, keep up the good coverage and uh, appreciate you calling in, even though you've been probably working, you know, all day the past couple of days. So uh, appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk. We'll catch up next week, dude.
3: Have a
0: good show, man. All right, thanks, brother. That was John Sheeran, our uh, usual co-host, checking in from Mobile, Alabama, giving us some names to watch and giving us an update on the quarterbacks that are down there. Some of the top, I would say probably three or four of the top six, seven quarterbacks in this class um, are down there. Will Greer, uh, Gardner Minshew, um you know we we talked about daniel jones and then we obviously talked about drew Locke as well so those are i mean those are four guys that um you know will probably be in the day one day two type of discussion in the draft and they're down there and the Bengals might be we talked about it, all these coaches now are guys that are have quarterback backgrounds so they might be looking at bringing someone in maybe maybe since some of these guys i do have some flaws maybe it's the John Kitten Carson Palmer thing this year with Dalton, where he he's the bridge guy for a year or two, they draft one of these guys and, and see what they have in them. And, and that's how it goes. But there's no doubt even, even backup quarterback should be in, in play for this, uh, for this year. So maybe, maybe the plan is they get one of these guys as a backup quarterback. After all, Dalton has missed. Uh, he's had two of his last four seasons cut short, been on IR. So, um, You know, they, they need a capable backup. Driscoll didn't really seem to be the guy, even though he was dealing with a lot of injuries on that side of the ball to help him out. But um, you know, quarterback should be in the discussion this year for sure. And uh, so, and there's a lot of interesting names down there Our thanks to John um, who's down there giving us all the scoop. You can get this show, the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. You can get it on iTunes on stitcher on Google play on art 19. We're on YouTube. And you can also get all of our content on CincyJungle.com. Um, you can also follow John Sheeran uh, for his updates uh, at John underscore Sheeran on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, check that out. hes uh, They didn't have practice on Wednesday. They had practices on Tuesday and interviews on Tuesday. And then they should be open practices Thursday. And then the game is this weekend. So um, definitely keep an eye on him. And then I'm sure many of you already follow Joe Goodberry as well, at Goodberry. Uh, you heard him chiming in on the background of that call there. That was kind of cool. Um, so follow him. Those two guys are, are bringing some clutch info, especially from a Bengals perspective from the Senior Bowl. We're going to get out of here in just a few minutes, but before we do, we're going to take some listener questions. We've already got a couple teed up, I believe, um, but if you want to try and get one in here at the end, uh, you can uh, – Leave it in the live YouTube chat. Maybe give us a call or shoot us a text at uh, 949-542-6241. We'll try and get to that. We do have a text that already came in, um, and it is from Frank in Virginia. Um, I I think the question is asking, how confident are we uh, that Del Rio will be coming on board? Um, If he does, I seem to remember that he ran a three, four defense. Um, so that's, that's an interesting situation because the, the Bengals have the, the personnel for a four, three tradition, more traditional style offense. And, um, Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, That was the call coming in. We'll try and get to you in a sec. If you try again in a minute, but anyway uh, the Bengals have more of a, a four, three type of traditional defense that they run. Um, They, they, you know, they've got the, they've got the big defensive ends currently on the roster, more of the traditional mold, Sam Hubbard, Carlos Dunlap, Michael Johnson is currently on the roster. Um, Geno Atkins is not a nose tackle in a three, four system. Um, so there's that, but there's, uh, there's also the idea that, um, Cincinnati maybe may get diverse on that side of the ball. Del Rio did run a three, four, a lot of times in Jacksonville, but it's more about being diverse on that side of the ball. Now, I think, and, um, the, the Bengals are trying to, do some different things on that side of the ball by overhauling the linebacker group, probably getting some more guys. They do have kind of some pieces to do a 3-4 type of style of defense. That would be, you know, you've got your Carl Lawson, kind of the, the edge rusher guy that is <clears throat> was initially looked at or initially pegged as an outside linebacker when, when he first got to the team. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, he's an edge rusher. You have guys like that. But you also look at the Rams, right? The Rams kind of run a hybrid-ish, 3-4-ish, but they have Dominican Sue. They have Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's definitely in the mold of Geno Atkins. So, um, you know, Del Rio, I, I'm pretty confident that he could come up with a system that, uh, you know, could suit what the Bengals have and allow them to bring in more people. We've got another call on the line here, uh, so we're going to get to that. Hi, this is the Orange and Black Insider. Who's this? How you doing, Terrell? Terrell, wouldn't be Wednesday without you, my friend. How are you, sir? Oh yeah,
3: how you doing? I'm how
0: I'm doing, doing, doing all right, right? man. All right. Trying to trying to play operator, host, all that kind of stuff. So I apologize if I missed you? yours and other calls, but uh, I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing
3: all right. You know, uh, you and John and. And a couple of special guests, you I mean you the ones that make it great though. So but uh I I I've been going to uh, trying to do a couple of scouts and stuff on my uh other side or whatever too, but uh okay. I do got a couple of uh people that I be doing listen to and stuff like man uh Mel Kiper, you know, That's really the biggest one I was really like May and everybody else doing okay. But uh anyway, uh <laughs> I think a couple of days ago he basically long story short. He basically trying to say uh the uh the linebacker for us, shoot basically the one that hope fall down to us. Looked like he might be well, you know, it ain't all saying and dumb, but you know, it looked like he might be shooting up past us. And then I think they talking about uh the uh, right tackle from um for Florida. I forgot his name.
0: Yeah, Jawan Taylor, uh, I believe, is the the tackle from Florida. Yeah, yeah. They
3: say he's pretty solid and I mean, definitely better than we got over there. He seemed like he could be a like a solid uh, right tackle. But uh, when you talk about Daniel, uh, the quarterback from Duke, I thought he looked it pretty alright. I, uh, I see. I mean, I've been watching um, college football, and I've been seeing him a couple of uh, games. And he, uh I don't know, if don't know. If John said he kind of looked like a Eli like, Manning. Nah, I definitely don't want that. But I thought he was kind of like a, a Mitchell Trubisky or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh makes sense. Same school, stuff, same mold, right? I mean that would make sense.
3: Yeah, yeah. And
0: um the Bill right?
3: Callahan thing, I mean, uh, I hope I mean all this quarterback guru thing. I know everybody's looking for the quarterback guru type thing. Uh the way it's looking, man, it looks like they wanna hurry up and um make basically uh back uh Talent, I mean, draft draft stock, I mean, basically, uh, trade stock up, but, um, I really didn't see too much of what he did, too much of what the Raiders, but, um, he really had too much to work with for real. And I don't know, I don't know what he, too much he did over Washington. But, uh, at least Bill lazy. the Donald Landry and, uh, Tyler Boyd. So let's just see what he's gonna, uh, do
0: with, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, do with, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the big that's the big question this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your call off the air here, uh, Terrell, because okay. there's a couple of couple of prospects that you talked about okay. that I th- that I think were interesting. So thanks for your call, bud. Um, I, first of all, I misspoke. I meant when I when I said same school, I, I confused Duke and North Carolina. I know Mitch Trubisky went to North Carolina, and Daniel Jones is from Duke, same state. Come on, give me a break. Sorry. Um, but yeah i see john this is this is the thing with jones i i like i said when we were talking with john he was a guy that initially i was pre- starting to kind of warm up to and then i kind of started hearing some reports and all that kind of stuff um about him being dry and him not maybe doing so great in you know practices and all that kind of stuff but Look, unfortunately, this is this is where we get to be a little too hard on some of these young guys. Okay, first of all, when they when they don't play well in these college bowl, these these scout bowl games, I mean, they get a couple of practices to play together, and then they get thrown into a game to try and you know have a great performance. It's difficult, regardless of how good you are. Okay, number two, this whole process, combine, senior bowl, all that stuff, it is. Uh, Ana- uh, paralysis by over analysis. I mean, there, there are things that just, you know, Daniel Jones comes off a little dry. Um, I saw he, and kudos to Goodberry for asking him kind of a different question, one that was a little off script, but I saw Goodberry ask him a question, um, and he didn't really have a great answer to it. Uh, I think it was about batted passes at the line. So, uh, you know, there, there's some red flags there, but I mean... Yeah overall you know you got to look at the tape you got to look at how he did against um you know some good type of competition you got to look at some certain stat statistical areas completion percentage turnovers all that kind of stuff um and you know it, it size you know that that's something to think about so um you know in terms of of jones um he's a guy that you know he'll be in that first round conversation. He may, with combine and all that kind of stuff, he may be a guy that that shows up and all of a sudden catapults himself into that top fifteen without question. Maybe even top ten, especially for teams that might be starved for a quarterback. The Bengals might be one. We don't know exactly where Zach Taylor's mindset is on that. Duke Tobin came to Andy Dalton's support this week in Mobile, but um, you know I, who knows? There's also uh, Juwan Taylor. That is uh, a guy that um, that is a guy that has been recently mocked to the Bengals at number eleven. I think that's a little bit of a reach. He is a true right tackle in the NFL. It is a need for the Bengals. The Bengals have you know a need a right tackle. Bobby Hart is not the answer, obviously. Um, so that is something to to think about. Um, I personally have some other people I may have ahead of him, but even uh, Jonah, I believe it's Jonah Williams, the kid from Alabama. He he had a rough game against Clemson, and yeah, it's Clemson with their great defensive line, but you're going to face that kind of competition almost every single week, almost every single game in the NFL. So, um, you know, if he's not going that great, if he's not doing that well against that kind of competition at the college level that's a little concerning going forward there um there uh you know there there are a number of different number of different um players that are linked uh, you know and then there's the, the the lsu kid the linebacker um i understand that linebacker has kind of become a little bit of a a uh, lower premium type of position in today's NFL you want kind of those hybrid safety linebacker guys Your are you know your Mark Barron's then the uh Nikel Robies and all you know all those guys um but you know there is a need if for a savvy veteran linebacker to anchor your defense and Roquan Smith is definitely an example and his impact on the Bears uh this last year is what uh is a prime example of that we've got another call on the line we're going to get to that here and then we're going to get out of here uh so let's grab that hi this is the orange and black insider who's this hey it's john from kentucky ah, ah john like to- another regular my- how are Thanks you sir Taking my call seriously listen it is a new dawn in cincinnati as you
2: can see I do think you're going to be getting a lot of calls to your podcast. I'm just going to take. I will volunteer if I can help you guys in any way. Call screener,
0: you name it, anything. I appreciate that. You know, I might. I might need e- that. Sure shoot me an email or whatever. I, I appreciate that. I might need that. You know it. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, John and I try and manage uh, how how we you know all the other stuff, the responsibilities, but uh, rounding up guests and answering phones and hosting it—it's a lot to juggle. So I may I may hit you up for that, John. I appreciate that. But what's on your mind tonight? Well,
2: uh, everybody's talking, you know, new quarterback and whatnot. I, look, from what I heard from uh, Duke Tobin this past week, he's not real big on finding a quarterback just yet. He seems to want to stay with Dalton, but he's very interested in increasing the speed of the offense and getting uh, better players on the line on both sides of the ball. So we'll just see how that plays out. My prediction is I don't think
3: they move from Dalton this next season. I think they're going to let him play his contract, Mm -hmm. and
2: they are looking for the quarterback in the future. But Dalton, with his stats being that he's been injured very little, being that this division is as uh, smash mouth as it is, I don't think they're ready to just boot Dalton right out the door and take a risk on a rookie just yet, especially with Dalton still under con- uh, contract.
0: That's a good point. And, and also, I mean, you got to look at the landscape of this division. Um, yes, The Bengals split with the Ravens, and the Ravens kind of had an upward swing when they made a move to their quarterback. Yes, same thing happened with the Browns. But then you look at the Steelers. I I never count them out fully, but they are a bit of a mess right now on a number of different fronts. And all teams – i i if i remember correctly i think it was nine or ten wins by the ravens that ended up winning the division and you know the browns the steelers and the ravens were all kind of neck and neck as this as the season got you know wore on the Bengals they stay healthy they make some changes especially amongst the coaching staff and at head coaching um they get a couple of other nice pieces help out the offensive line i mean all of a sudden this becomes a wide open division again uh I want to say this, too. Um, you mentioned speed on offense, and that's something Duke Tobin is looking at, uh, John. Yeah. Um, you know, you look back to Jared Goff's first year, rookie year. Granted, he only started seven games, but five touchdowns, seven interceptions. Well, what what have the Rams done the past two off seasons? Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, uh, Josh Reynolds. They add receivers upon receivers upon receivers and guys that can do, uh, you know, Higby at tight end. Um, And lo and behold, and and also, you know, some stuff on the offensive line, Andrew Whitworth being one. But um, lo and behold, Jared Goff, second year, 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Third year, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So it's not rocket science that, that, yes, the arrow is trending upward in terms of superstardom for Jared Goff. I do not put him in the same stratosphere as a Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, or others. What I do put him in as is a very good quarterback that has an outstanding supporting cast. Um, he could elevate into superstardom, but the Rams—you got to give him credit—they brought a lot of help to him, and they raised that raised his game. While well, he did raise others as well, but um, that's something you got to look at, especially in this. In this process, this scouting process, I think, and you you mentioned that about Duke Tobin talking about getting faster on offense, potentially adding more pieces.
2: Yes, exactly. And another thing, too, everybody is always saying, well, Dalton's only as good as the players around him. Well, what about the coaches? You know, how good is Dalton with different coaches? Now, that we absolutely have got to take a look at before you just get rid of him. Uh, as I yeah. said he needs yeah. to play under this new coaching staff and see what he's done well, what he can do. If stats have been too good in Cincinnati to simply like I said take a risk, you know, on a rookie immediately and go ahead and cut Dalton. If, I would cut Drake Kirkpatrick in seconds. <laughs> so I would cut Andy Well I would. No, I,
0: mean, I, know. I, cut know. I know I know, I know Andy Dalton. Yeah, no, I, I, I got gotcha. you. I, I just I'm laughing because I know I know you're uh your, your thoughts on Drake, Kirkpatrick. Hey, quickly, before, um, before I get you out of here, John, um, just, just to get you uh, before we get you out on the um, out of here, I want to I want to tell you about Drake Kirkpatrick's stats um, in case you haven't looked them up recently, my friend, um, this last year, twenty twenty eighteen, zero 2018, zero interceptions. Okay. No interceptions. Zero interceptions. 2017. One interception. So in the past two years, he's played twenty-seven total games and has had one interception. So and what is his salary? Uh I mean I, I, I don't have that offhand, but it's it's relatively I high. I think it's around I think it's like fifty million. I think. I could be wrong. Well, my point is, is you know, I talked to you about uh, you know, we we joke we joke about for um, Patrick and your thoughts on him, but really he is not pulling his weight. I mean, that's just that's what uh, especially <laughs> oh, yeah. especially in in we can we can sit here and bag on Terrell uh, Terrell Austin all we want, but the, his defense was supposedly cre- you know made to create turnovers, and he wasn't even doing that. Then 2019, his cap hit is almost 11 million dollars this next year, John. 10 10.9 10. million according to Spotrack. So um there you go 10.9 so so that would free up a lot of money just by cutting in yep but then you so, also they also it, need to you know think about resigning denard and others too but john we're going to get out of here um i i appreciate your call thanks uh we'll, we'll hopefully talk to you next week or in the near future my friend okay i'll be in touch all right thank you That was John from Kentucky calling in again. Thanks to uh, our callers, our texters. We've had a lot of questions. We're going to get out of here. Again, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I'm Anthony Kazenza. You heard earlier from my other co-host, John Sheeran. Unfortunately, we didn't hear from Scott Schulte. We thought we might, um, but he is probably going to be joining us at some point um, here and there, especially as the draft comes in uh, because, you know, He he wants to talk Bengals. He's excited about things too. He and I exchanged texts there, but our thanks to John for calling in while he was at the senior bowl. No rest for the wicked there. Um, you can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play art 19. We're also on YouTube and all of our stuff is on CincyJungle.com. My thanks to uh, all of you out there for your patience tonight. I was kind of juggling a lot with the phones and all kinds of things. So, um, I appreciate your patience and, uh, Maybe some extra little sound effects and whatnot that uh, made it on onto the program. So I apologize about that, but uh, um, hey, we all deal with it, right? So uh, appreciate the support. Appreciate you tuning in and uh, get the show how you can. We'll see you next week, if not sooner. Should some news break, but keep it to uh, cincyjungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis, and uh, the Super Bowl can't be completed soon enough. So the Bengals can get their new head coach, right? See you next time. my name is spencer hall my name is jason kirk my name is ryan nanny and when we combine we form the, the shutdown, shutdown forecast Fullcast. i keep telling you we're not Poltron.
1: the shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast but it's also a show about
0: lawn care disasters regional grocery stores we love tennessee batman homeowners associations
2: It's not Voltron.